Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Earth-like planets, Hellraiser, and the sunken place. I don't want to waste one minute, so let's get right into it. All right, we're back. Another tomorrow, a new tomorrow. You might say today's tomorrow. You might say it, and if you do, you're going to seem like a real loser. So Unless don't. you're listening to this next week. In yeah, which in which case, case it's, it's last week's tomorrow. Yeah. Great stuff. Great title. Fantastic idea. Glad I chose it. Really creative stuff. Anyhow, uh, look, it's been a crazy week. I'm not going to lie. It's It's been... It's been more than a week. It's been bad. Bad. It's a bad week. Bad stuff happening. And for once, it's like not Trump. I mean, directly. Not really. No, it's it's, it's the stuff. ripples of Trump. It's Trump ripples rippling all through the uh, uh, atmosphere. Anyhow, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Ryan, you've got a list of news topics. I know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to waste any time because uh, because I because I know you have to leave. You have some very important things to do. Well, yeah, we're we're slam banging through this. Whoa, we have in caps. It's italicized. It's underlined. We got to talk about Kanye West. He wants us to, but we also have to. So so Kanye lost his fucking mind on Twitter. I mean, I don't know. I don't well, want to I think like... his mind was lost long ago, but someone finally gave him his password for his Twitter account back and I dropped into uh I dropped into our Slack and I was like, "What is going on?" And Leah Finnegan, the brilliant Leah Finnegan was like, "Josh, this is exactly what a manic episode looks like." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. like it, yeah. It, it it is. Like yeah. it's totally and I know I'm not trying to armchair psychology you know, be an armchair psychologist or whatever. So, so Some, something's wrong, and well, he should Ryan, get help. Why don't you tell the listener if they don't know? And I don't know how you wouldn't fucking know. But Ryan, explain what we're talking about. Kanye West went on Twitter, and he just started tweeting fragments of thoughts, and they were about society and creativity and his usual like too clever by half BS. And everyone was eating it up. And someone even tweeted like, "Kanye's our greatest Marxist and our you know greatest progressive thinker." And then he immediately like. Uh, a few days ago, took a real right turn and started tweeting that he loves Trump. He admires him. He likes um, Candace Owens, conservative commentator. Um, he believes in what Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, has to say about like the conspiracy that is the liberal media. He tweeted like of seven videos in a row of Scott Adams. I'm like, how is this Scott reality? Adams, who, by the way, is also a, a documented mentally ill person. Like Scott Adams had a concussion or something, and he after that has been on like a weird tear of like not having full functions uh, oh like my god there's so many bad people and out kanye there. essentially has been completely unapologetic about this like support for white supremacy and um kim is on twitter being like guys leave him alone <laughs> he's a free thinker we might not agree it's like dude and you know what? Get, it, maybe get, it's time. Come get your man. I got a couple things to say. <laughs> One, I've never really cared for Kanye, but I've attempted to, and I've talked about that on the show. I've attempted to tamp that down because when I see a successful black man who's extremely creative and doing, taking chances, it's like the work doesn't have to be for me, but I think he was never like a force for bad or something. It just wasn't for me. I thought he was an egoist and he got on my nerves. But this level of like, I don't know if it's a troll or what. It's definitely marketing for an album. Like he told, he he made a choice to go public about these thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's look okay. So so I followed this. I mean, I saw the initial ones, which were like, 
he was talking about, you know, Donda and like whatever. I mean, I don't know if he doesn't call Donda anymore. The company was he gonna call the company yeah. Donda? It's just yeah. easy, I guess. Yeah. Because remember, he was gonna have this whole thing that was Donda it was Industries like a video or whatever. Game. Well, there was that, but mm-hmm. no. But he was talking about his like his his massive success, and you know, it's just like regular Kanye shit for a little yeah. bit. Like he's, it was, he's Walt Disney. Yeah, he's, he's like the he's Jobs Henry of his Ford. generation, yeah. and you know, which is like okay, fine, sure, sure. You're, you know, and then it's like then it then it started to veer into this like like. Yeah, it was just like conspiracy. It's like it's like the people. I don't know. I'm not, it wasn't like he was going into conspiracy, but it was like how 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 do you get from you know uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people, which is like you know people freaked out over because it was like oh he's so outspoken about um, you know his feelings on you know this kind of like latent racism in America. Not that long ago, and you go from that to this uh, uh, fucking insane tirade about how Trump is great and he's a tiger and all this bullshit. I, and- I I honestly kind of do see how it connects, though. I think he is an egoist, and conspiracy theories feed narcissism, especially if you're not presented with the full like set of facts or you don't really care it like makes him feel like he's in on special knowledge he's he's the maverick he's the one who's like thinking differently no matter what those thoughts are do you know what i mean and he's always really prided himself on that yeah i mean i think like like plus obama didn't meet with him but trump did and he fucking loved that if you if you listen to and it's crazy that if you listen to his his lyrics if you listen to um what you know you know it's like I feel like Kanye has been consistent in like his awareness of oppression in this country mm-hmm. and racism and has talked about it really openly. So it's crazy to me like that he can't I get that he I get that he's like enamored with Trump's like celebrity or whatever, but it's crazy to me that he can't check that with his understanding that like Trump is a fucking rate like a just died in the wool racist, surrounds himself with racists has literally said white supremacists are, like, very fine people, has literally, like, tried to ban, like, brown people from coming into the country. It's like, how can you not, how can you be this, I get, it's, like, maybe shock value, but it doesn't feel like free thinking to me. It feels like very, like, broken thinking. Like, it's actually, there's a, there's actually a really good, um, I don't know if you know the site, Very Smart Brothers, which is an amazing, very good website, which is now, I guess, part of The Root. Um, it's like a part, yeah, it's like they've joined up with the root, but anyhow, they did an article the other day that was Kanye's politics, what happens when you don't read books. And it's like actually about how Kanye is like, I don't read. And there's this weird thing. Like his mother was like, I think like an English professor or something. And he's like, but he's like, fuck books. And it's like, I do feel this is exactly it. It's like this anti-intellectual version of intellectualism yeah where he's like oh no the truth is out there and it's like not on scott adams video blog okay that's not where the truth is and you're smarter and richer than this like you should know better like you have the ultimate opportunity to know and yet you fucking don't have somebody read you the book have somebody create a movie out of the book. Like, just read. So, like, find out what but is he really never, going. He's never handled, handled that criticism well. Like, when, when people called him out for being a misogynist, especially around the stuff with, like, the Taylor Swift stuff was, was a gray area at the beginning. But the stuff where he depicted her naked and wanting to have sex with him, like, yeah. people, there was a commentary that that was very rapey. And yeah. he did not respond to that well. And I think he looked at that and was like, I'm being silenced. They're not letting well, me I, be an artist. The, okay, but there's a, there's a line between depicting someone in a position that is, I mean, listen, that's a piece of art. It's like if like you paint a picture of somebody in the nude, like if I painted the picture of Taylor Swift naked, 
but wanting to have sex with you on camera, and it's like a, a moving. Well, but they're it's not, a moving they're not really having sex, are they? They're just sleeping. It's like a deep fake. They're, they're sleeping. Sure, but they're in bed nude together. Well, and he, in we the all, song, he says, all, "I know she still wants to have sex." With aren't her. we all in a way in bed nude together? <laughs> Josh, isn't, that what Kanye, a, isn't that what Kanye was really saying? Josh, I'm going to make a deep fake of you and I in bed and see how comfortable <laughs> no. you are. <laughs> I mean, listen, if it's good art, it's good art. I mean, I'm not I saying he was right or wrong. But there were a lot of people, fake people, nude in that bed. Whatever the case is. I think he took that criticism that I'm giving, whether or not it's valid, and he didn't take it well. And I think that bit took us down a path of, like, I don't care for Obama because he dissed me, and now these people are saying this. And I think he just kind of fell down an MRA hole, and that takes you to r slash the Donald. Uh, he can't be managed. That's all I know. The man can't be managed. It's like, here's the thing. Like, uh, Casey, Casey uh, Johnson our, oh, that's our, right. had an amazing tweet, which is, like, a situation that Chris Jenner can't manage frightens me. Yeah, she's, like, she's right. Like, very, I feel like it's very true. But, like, also, you know— and then chance is like black people don't have to be Democrats. It's like, okay, fair. Totally fair. They, they, don't, have don't. To, they don't have to work with R. Kelly either. They don't have to be anything, but like check it out. The Republicans fucking hate you. Yeah. The Republicans fucking hate you. They are fucking racist. They have always been racist. And I'm not saying all the Democrats are good, because they're definitely not. But like th- look, there may be there is like uh there is racism that's like <laughs> like you're racist accidentally like you don't realize like ignorance versus you're, hate. you're kind of ignorant and maybe like a little bit like you should get like a little more knowledge about things yeah but like you don't mean to be like you you know they're definitely, white, hate, they're definitely yeah. white people who are like like i'm not trying to make excuses but there are definitely white people who are like i'm racist because like i don't know any better or i didn't realize that i was being we this live thing. in a racist culture yeah but like there are people who are like i actively hate this thing and i want it to be gone yeah like like if a Democrat is racist, usually the former, usually yes. very rarely the latter, like like the Republicans are basically like, yeah, that's what we're all about. Like, get rid of the black Steve people. Steve Bannon just said, take the word racism as a as a badge of honor in Europe. I mean, it's crazy. It's so. So anyhow, so like I'm like Chance, like I hear what you're saying, but but like I, I'm like with, with with Kanye and all, it's like, dude, this is like but you're pick in the wrong... any political philosophy you want. You can go be in the Green Party. You'll have to hear my notes on that when it comes time to vote. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean... be in any political philosophy you want nazism and fascism is not political philosophy that's fucking terrorism yeah i mean i don't i just don't get it i just don't get it i don't see how i'm not saying that kanye has to be like a super genius or anything but like i don't think he's dumb no i kind of don't i mean he makes great art like he I, seems I, to just live in a bubble the thing that's tough is like i think kanye is is i you know listen i've always had this there's a weird thing about kanye which is like he's kind of an amazing musician and often can be an incredible lyricist but then sometimes I'm like, yeah, these fucking lyrics are so stupid and infantile. And it's like, why? It's like, why are you destroying your own art with this like dumbass passage? But like, that's like few and far between and a little bit expensive. He's an editor. Yeah. But like, now it's like, oh, you're, you've got a MAGA hat on and you're hanging out with like a bunch of fucking like Peter Thiel, like whack ass fucking Republicans. Yeah. Peter Thiel. Like, like, that's not cool. Like, it's not, there's nothing cool about it. There's nothing smart about it. It just seems, like, sad. But even if this is a marketing stunt or, like, a promotional thing, we have to, as a group, say, like, what will allow ourselves to be manipulated by and not be manipulated by in the attention economy. And I feel like we have to not buy his stuff, don't listen to his thing, even out of morbid curiosity. Like, we can't... I feel like we have to draw a line and say, like, this isn't the movie network. At a certain point, we can't do acts of violence in public as a way to promote a product. Like, at a certain point, we have to just refuse to be hacked like this. Wait, I gotta see this, man. What? Wait, I didn't see this. Did you see this John Legend thing? Oh, yeah. He's texted him and Kanye, like, tweeted the text? Yeah. 
Yeah, also, John Legend very, tried to re- reason with him. I'm very interested in the fact that who's a green bubble here? What somebody's a green bubble? Green bubble on the on the uh, John Legend. Is I a guess green John bubble. Legend uses an Android. <laughs> is that what's going on? He uses a Google Pixel. He uses no a Google Pixel. Me and John Legend use the same phone. Yeah. Oh my god. Chrissy, Chrissy follows up and goes, "This is a great Google Pixel ad." Oh my god! Really? Oh my Are you fucking kidding me? Not Google's dying right now. I love this. I love this. John Legend is fucking great. It's he's amazing. He tried. He tried his best. There's like a follow up text where he's like, "Well, I guess if you're posting our texts, I do have a new single out." I love you, John, and I appreciate your thoughts. I don't know what the beginning of this is, but as you know, what you say really means something to your fans. This is John Legend talking to Kanye. They are loyal to you and respect your opinion. So many people who love who love you feel so betrayed right now because they know the harm that Trump's policies cause, especially to people of color. Don't let this be part of your legacy. You're the greatest artist of our generation. In which Kanye responds, I love you, John, and I appreciate your thoughts. You bringing up my fans or my legacy is a tactic based on fear used to manipulate my free thought. And then John says, think freely. Think with empathy and context, too. Your words and actions have consequences. Much love. And so, since you're posting text, let me add that I have a new single out. Ha ha. And then Kanye says, ha ha, crying smiley face. I love you, John. It's like, mm, I no, think, I think here's my take. No, that's, so a, here's that's, a, a, that's a little fun for okay, me. So here's a little I, whimsical. For okay, what's I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I've watched Kanye on Twitter now. And now I've seen a personal interaction between him and John Legend, a co, a, 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 another a co-pixel user who I now have. A, a, part of the a, pixel brotherhood. Uh, from the pixel brotherhood. Uh, a bond that goes deep. Um, I'm going to do it. It's unpopular. People don't want me to do it, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to be, I'm going to play armchair psychologist he he's so something fucking wrong with him like yeah. this is an actual episode of some type like the way he responds to him is like you're trying it's like he's like you're trying to like uh destroy my manipulate my free thought it's like that nah, i don't think that's what john legend he's is saying to some you some kind of psychosis i don't know if he's bipolar or not but i do yeah, know i'm not that- gonna give you the exact diagnosis but i'm saying that like this this that means res- go go get help that response doesn't isn't like Hey man, thanks. I appreciate the thoughts. You know, I got to do my thing. I hear what you're saying, but like, I'm just being me. That would be a response that would make sense. But you're bringing up my fans or my legacy is a tactic based on fear used to manipulate my free thought is the kind of thing that a person who is not well would say when a friend says, Hey, I'm worried about you. Yeah. Right. And so I, you know, I feel bad. It's like, listen, we wrote it. We actually, um, uh, we wrote this thing about a, a long, long time ago during Kanye's like last very public episode when he like canceled his shows or whatever. And, you know, it was about that like Kanye is like a human being and like we treat we tend to treat celebrities. Um, we put them in this bubble that actually like really harms them. Right. I mean, I think and I think you look at like a lot of, you know, yeah, we spoke about Mariah. And yeah, Brittany. we talked about this. Right. We yeah. talked about this recently. And, and but this is a place where it's like people around him need to help him. I really, like, don't know what the deal is, but I don't think, and I'm not going to tell Kim what to do with her husband or whatever, but, like, her tweets being like, let Kanye do his thing. It's like, I mean, maybe that's but what she's— But it seems like his manager and whoever was like, Kanye, no. And maybe, he was like, fuck you, you're fired. I mean, like, like, like maybe externally she's like, I'm with, I'm with Kanye, like, let him do his thing. But hopefully, I hope internally somebody's like, hey, this doesn't seem like you don't seem like, well, this seems erratic. And, yeah. and people are, like, really upset about it. Listen, I don't want to make everything women of color's work, but I do think that Beyonce could fix this if she put her mind to the problem. I don't, I don't think Beyonce's like, get the fuck out of my face with this shit. Beyonce's I feel like, like she I'm could not swoop getting... in and be like, Kanye, come with me. I think Beyonce is like, I, let me, how can I manipulate myself to be as, 
as far away from this situation as humanly possible. <laughs> I mean, and she's right. Yeah. So anyhow, so that's the Kanye situation. That's the Kanye of it it's, all. It's very sad and upsetting and not funny. Like, I'll say, I don't know, he tweeted last night. He was like, does this look like the sunken place? Which I think was like a picture of his hallways. And it did. And I was like, <laughs> actually, like, in my recollection of the film, like, kind of. Y- yeah. I mean, like, there's Absolutely. like like corridors and shit. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, not, I don't know, like. All of the parts of the sun. I know the sunken place is a state of mind, also, but like there are things in that movie where the bad shit goes down that it kind of reminded me of. Yeah, no, pretty much exactly like the sunken place. Uh, I long for the days. I actually I tweeted about this recently, like the Kanye bed tweet. I don't know if you remember. Listen, Kanye and Rihanna had the best Twitter accounts of all of Twitter at one point. I don't remember Rihanna's account at all. Oh, my God. Rihanna has the best tweets. Go to Rihanna's tweets from 2009 to 2011. They're insane. She starts fights with Sierra. At one point, she just tweeted, fuck you, Satan, fuck you right off or whatever. It's amazing. He also had amazing tweets. But at a certain point, like, it's not – we don't need to do it for the the Vine. This is – I'm showing Ryan. I'm showing Ryan because I retweeted in – I remembered it. Yeah, in October. I was like, oh, remember when Kanye was like, I'm trying to figure out what kind of bed. He's like, I, I've been trying to figure out the bed design for the master bedroom at our Hidden Hills compound. And he drew like two pictures of beds. Just bed. They're like, Just literally, it's like a bed frame with a mattress and pillows. Well, he used to live tweet his like rug shopping and like what he was going to purchase rug wise. Wow, this, t- this tweet actually got a surprising amount of engagement. I'm just now seeing. Um, anyhow, listen, Kanye... If you're listening, and I think you probably are, because I know you listen to all the Tomorrow episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a great artist. You're 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 the greatest artist of our generation, as John Legend says. Eh. I mean, you're up there. You're pretty good. You're up there. Top ten. You know, be well. Carly Rae Jepsen. Take care of yourself. Trump's a fucking bozo and a clown. You should not get near him. You're better than that. Hillary 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Chapo. Fight me. Please don't at me, Chapo. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Bring it. Hillary 2020. You read our comic. Anyhow, okay, let's move on. What all else right, is going right, on? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, I've got good news. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, I've got an okay news. Hit me. They arrested the Golden Seed Killer. That's weird. It's almost like, yes, it is good news. But is it? But not. It's like. Raped 60 people. Yeah, like, you're like, <laughs> was that many? Yeah, killed oh. 10. Oh Confirmed. God. Now we're linking it to other cases. So definitely Ex-cop. more than Ex-cop. So Ex-cop. you know he knew what to do. Mm-hmm. He knew how to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fucking dark. But what's really crazy, what's really crazy is that he was caught. Yes. Because of the, the book that Pat Oswalt's wife wrote. About him. Michelle McNamara. Michelle McNamara. We had her on How Was Your Week talking about this. It's crazy. We had an interview with her, and she was so passionate. And I remember thinking, like, how have I never heard of this case before? It's crazy. And by the way, as a a man who's married to a woman who's very, very interested in murder um, and and unsolved murders, I feel like a real— like, I understand a lot about how people get obsessed with these things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting that—I mean, it's very sad, obviously, you know, because she died— Oh, uh, yeah. She passed away. Um, she uh, had a poor reaction to a drug yeah. a couple of years ago. Got in her sleep. Yeah. And and and, uh, and and she was three-fourths of the way through a book about this case. Yeah, which is the book that ultimately I think a lot of it led to. Yeah, the police will never say that, but it's yeah. not coincidental that the book was just f- finished by her collaborators and released. And then they finally 
put the pieces together and arrested him. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Anyhow, I mean, it's it's a dark story. I mean, it's uh, it's great to have caught him. It be, would, would have even been better to have caught this guy before he fucking raped and killed Well, you know people, how but... he got, he, he was originally kicked out of the police or he was forced to resign because they caught him shoplifting hammers and dog repellent and like chemicals from a hardware store in the 70s and they did no follow-up. We've all and, been there. And it, Patton said on... Um, on I don't know if it was Seth Meyers or what, what what show he was on, but he was like, it's as if he went to the murder store and they caught him buying murder stuff, and they said, "Hey, <laughs> give us a badge." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "We don't like it. I don't think you should we're be cop anymore. Cut this out. We don't know why you're getting it, and we're not going to find out. And but we he probably don't has think... nothing to do with the string of murders <laughs> in our jurisdiction. <laughs> it's like it's like how was how was the victim killed? Oh, they were like uh Strangled with rope from a hardware store and uh, bludgeoned with this hammer from this hardware store. Seventies were fun. It's a crazy. I'll tell you what. Heyday. What a heyday. The sixties and seventies for if you're a fucking killer. Oh yeah. You get away with anything. Anything. I mean, do you understand? Blame it on LSD. Going, think about what the fuck was going on in this country from like nine, everything. Like in the the forties, the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. You couldn't track anything. You couldn't call anybody. There was no internet. There was no. They didn't have basically a, clues were they, like footprints. Credit cards basically were non-existent. They didn't know if you called people. You could be. <laughs> they couldn't trace a call. There's no way to call back a number. You didn't get any time. <laughs> That's it. 60 it's gone. It's gone. Ring, ring. Oh, I'm on my way there. I'm just getting out of the shower. Ring, ring. Hello. Click. Oh, they're gone. Gunshot well, residue was literally the bullet. No that was idea. the only residue they could find. No idea. You know, you'd have to actually have a photo of a person murdering someone to yeah. be able to prove it. Like who framed Roger Rabbit style. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. Anyhow, all right, what else is in the news? Um, a very, de- uh, very interesting but depressing story. So I was not actually really extremely interested in the story about how teens are now um, vaping, uh, yeah. which we know. Um, but based on the trends that teens were heavily influenced to smoke by movies, there's a piece on the outline about how um, they've been influenced to vape because of vines. And like internet content about yeah. vaping. Well, it's like you know, listen, it's like it's like cigarettes in popular culture. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's the same idea, right? In popular culture, is is on the internet now. That's where the shit goes down. I guess. I just. I, I mean, I'm from that generation also, vape, that like vine, smoking you know, same, was going away, and we didn't have vapes. Same yet. number of words. Say it starts with a V. Yeah, I mean, I, this to me makes sense. I mean, I think vaping is obviously, you know, we're we're going to learn. I believe. It's a big mess and terrible for you. We're going to learn that vaping is actually somehow more deadly than cigarettes. We don't know yet. <laughs> it gives you extra cancer. But maybe it's not. What if it's not? What if vaping is just better for you? I mean, nicotine's not good for you. Isn't it, though? Mm. Is it bad for you? I mean, it's Do we have any proof? carcinogen in it. It no. you. It does it? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound good. I thought it's only nope. if you burn it. I know, if you ingest it. you can. I mean, if you're doing nicotine gum, you're... Doing damage. Really? Yeah. So you're saying there is no, like, I can't just do nicotine and get out of jail I think the free. only thing you get out of nicotine is that it helps prevent Alzheimer's, but it's one it of those, does? like, lawn chair off the Titanic things. Like, uh, you don't want to hit an iceberg just it's to It's like, the here's chair. the good news. Yeah. You don't have Alzheimer's. What you have is super cancer and heart disease. <laughs> so you're dying of lung cancer. <laughs> but... You're going to be of clear mind through the you're whole thing. You're going to know the, everything about it. <laughs> You'll remember every detail of this horrible journey to the to your to your coffin. And that you're telling this to a 40-year-old and millennial pink <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's like I started cuz of vine. Yeah. Uh vaping's very dark. Very it is dark. dark. I don't I've never vaped. I mean I vape some weed, I think. I've vaped. Is that the way to do it? Yeah. Do you vape weed? Yeah, or you, an edible. You don't you don't smoke weed, do you? No, I don't smoke it. I mean, right. I I've, I have smoked it in college, but it's a big mess. Why would you smoke weed? Are you when You could vape it. I smoked some weed recently, and I got to say, it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I like an edible. I like a Pax. I don't fuck with an edible. 
Too risky. Yeah. Edible, I mean, you know my recent history. Edibles, you really are playing with fire. I, I think it's very risky. I wouldn't do it. All right. Speaking of deliveries, things yeah. I have delivered to my apartment, like edibles, um, we've reached peak delivery, which was an interesting piece um, <laughs> that was posted about how we're getting everything delivered and we need to cut it the fuck out. You know, honestly, it's crazy because I do, I mean, I do like shopping on the internet. Amazon Prime has made it so easy to order. Uh, I, mean, I think we talked about this before, but it's made it so uh, painfully easy to get things that are like, I'm like, oh, I need some matches. Hang on, I'll just get some on Amazon Prime. It's like the matches can be purchased at any grocery store. Amazon suggested that I purchase like this liquid that was full of vitamins that you put on your eyebrows. And I was super drunk. <laughs> and I was, like, I, was like, I was like, let's see what this is. <laughs> Spend thirty dollars on eyebrow goo. Wait a second. Ah, uh, hold on. I got a lot of questions here. Let yeah. me let's unpack. Let's this. do it. So the the vitamins are for your body or for your eyebrows? I think they're supposed to be for your eyebrows. Your eyebrows are looking pretty good. I've always had good eyebrows, so I don't know you what have possessed strong eyebrows. me. Yeah, I don't know what possessed me to need it. Well, at any rate, so you you don't know if they're nutrients that in, that it's not for your entire like no idea well being. It's not like a multivitamin, but you put it on your eyebrows. No. So it's just something, it's like a gel that it's you, like a gel. Do you use a, a brush. It's like, it says it'll make it grow. And I was like, let's see. Why would you want I your, was drunk and your just eyebrows sitting are on my very, phone. You're very thick. Thanks. Why would you want them to grow more? I have no fucking such clue. A weird, that's such anyway, a weird. Anyway, stuff idea. like that shows up to my apartment regularly. It's very unusual. And I wouldn't have carried that out of a store. It's very unusual. Or I'll buy a comic book that, like, I'm never going to read, like a graphic novel that I'm never going to read, just because I'm like, I want to support this artist. Oh, hold on. The Supreme Hellraiser drop is out today. It's what I've been waiting for. It's the first ever Supreme item I want. Oh, let me see. It's Supreme X Hellraiser. I want the Korean knockoffs of Supreme. Those look so much better. Can you see that? Oh, Wow. Are you going to buy this? I'm going to buy. I want to see if I get the shorts. You should no. get the. Oh, it looked like a kilt. I thought it was a no, kilt. No, no, Where is it? Wait, get the trench coat, the denim I trench want, coat. I want. If, you're, if, if the listener doesn't know what this looks like, it I'm is buying Hellraiser it. I'm on buying a shirt. It. This is what I want. Am I a large or an extra large? It looks like a votive candle of Hellraiser. How much is this? This is a good value. Is it? I, I think that this is eyebrow serum territory. Let me ask you a question. Am I a large in Supreme or an extra large? Mm, that's tough. How, how baggy do you want it to fit? Mm, You're tall, so that's what makes it tough. I'm 6'4". Now, most of my clothes are extra large. Yeah, I always get the extra large just in case. Because I'll hem shit down, but not Supreme you can't, stuff. You can't hem it. Not, no, I'm not hemming that. This is such a waste of money. Yeah, this is eyebrow territory. Hold on, I gotta go back. What is eyebrow territory? This is your eyebrow gel. <laughs> this is the Josh version of buying eyebrow vitamins. What is this? It's a. It's a... It's a sweater, acrylic with Hellraiser jackered graphic on chest and back. It's pretty good. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in my cart for now. Okay, I've never, I've never wanted to buy anything from Supreme, and here I am on the Supreme website checking out some Hellraiser. A T-shirt for 128 feels like not a great value. I think I'm gonna have to buy this. Well, listen. Unfortunately, I took a break from news to buy my first ever Supreme item, the Hellraiser sweater. Um, which is money well spent, I think. Um, Ryan, anything else that we should know about the week? Any other important items that have occurred? Um, there's an interesting piece on the outline about uh, K-pop being a propaganda tool between North and South Korea that I think yeah, it's true. Is it's a really, it's a really interesting. Story. Very good. So go read that. But I have nothing to add to that except I love K-pop. And you have support, anything you want to support say. Queen Hyuna? Um, all right, good. Well, listen, uh, this is a great, uh, great experience. I really enjoyed. It. Oh, I could get the, I could get the uh, Hellraiser skateboard, Hellraiser Supreme skateboard. It seems. 
like a good investment, $66. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I feel like I'm going to be able to resell that pretty quickly. I mean, at some point, Zelda's going to need a skateboard. She's going to need to ride or die. Um, razor. All right. Well, Ryan, we got we to gotta take a break. This was a wonderful news session. I really enjoyed it. But then we, we got to get into our interview with the, the uh, very talented and also very British writer, Lewis Gordon. So we'll be right back. The MIT Press and MIT Sloan Management Review have partnered in a series of books that deliver expert insights and sharply tuned advice on navigating the unprecedented changes of the digital world. What the Digital Future Holds discusses topics including how big data can inform hiring decisions, whether new communications technologies are empowering workers or unleashing organizational chaos, and what role algorithms will play in corporate strategy, and even how to give performance feedback to a robot. In How to Go Digital, top experts advise managers on how to steer their companies into the digital future by developing a digital strategy, reframing growth for a digital world, monetizing data, and generating sustainable value from social media. These books are essential reading for executives from the world's leading source of ideas on how technology is transforming the practice of management. Buy these books at mitpress.mit.edu slash tomorrow. That's mitpress.mit.edu slash tomorrow. And you can use the code tomorrow at checkout to receive 10% off. My guest today is a very talented writer who's just done a piece for The Outline, which you probably have read, and if you haven't, you should, about uh, the rise of ambient video games. I'm, of course, talking about the very British Lewis Gordon. Lewis, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Josh. Are you, do, do people, do most people describe you as very British, or, or just do they think you uh, said, That's actually like the first time that's ever happened. Like a regular amount of British. <laughs> I, I, uh, I would say I'm no more or no less. Really? Okay. I just learned prior to us beginning this recording that uh, Lewis has moved to Glasgow, which is in Scotland. Uh, and uh, and I was telling him about how I DJed there when I had a DJing career, and he doesn't believe me, which is fine. And I think my tone sounded sarcastic, and I can understand why he would feel that way. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, but Lewis, you wrote this story for us, which I which I find I feel deeply connected to. And I don't know that it necessarily applies to the concept of ambient video games, but and I do want to actually kind of understand your your perspective on that. But but I am a big fan of I'm a very I don't like group video games. I don't like uh, like games where you compete against other people or kill other people. I mean, I like sure. games where you kill other people, but only on your own. And yeah. so I love to one of my favorite uh, times in my life was playing Fallout Three. I'm sure you're familiar with Fallout Three. I think do you mention yes, it? I yes. can't remember if you do. Uh, and and walking around the expanse of Fallout 3, which was a massive map, uh, certainly for mm -hmm. the time, and just not doing anything, just kind of exploring, mm. you know, just checking out the scenery. And, and I would I would go into structures and, and just like look at views, just like find like beautiful views and just yeah. kind of admire and, and admire them. And so I feel like what you're talking about in this piece, it may not be exactly what I was doing because Fallout I, I, is not, it's a clearly not an there's a, a lack of ambience to a lot of it. I mean, in the sense that it is very in your face, but there's something about the stillness and vastness of these games to me that I find just unbelievably satisfying. Mm. And so 
so anyhow, so I felt like reading this piece, you know, and I thought about, you know, sort of what you're describing. And there's a, there's a kinship there between what I like to do in games now, even if they're not sort of designed to be more of a, an ambient experience and what you're writing about. So, but can you, can you tell sort of the uninitiated, if, if nobody has read this story, can you give me a little bit of a snapshot of what, what ambient video games are to you? I think what I was trying to say with the piece is, is that I'm not, I'm not saying ambient video games are necessarily a genre. Um, although there are, there are certainly some examples, and I think Proteus is probably the best example in the piece of an ambient video game. Um, but I was trying to th think about how they function um, and why we play particular video games. And I was looking at Japanese ambient music that emerged in the 1980s in this kind of um, crazy technological time, this kind of crazy growth of wealth in the country which is also the same time that video games emerged. Uh, I was trying to think about the context in which they, they emerged from and about how they function and about trying to draw some similarities between the two. Um, so I recently got into, or not recently, but for the last kind of three or four years, I've been listening to an artist called Hiroshi Yoshimura, who is a Japanese ambient uh, artist. And he released an album called Green in 1986 which is this incredible kind of crystalline still record that he created using uh, a synthesizer called Yamaha DX7. Um, mm, and he yes, incorporated- classic. Extremely famous synthesizer. Absolutely. Uh, makes, makes he, on many, many famous uh, 80s records all over. Yeah. And he, um, he integrated lots of field recordings um, into that record. And what you have is this incredible snapshot of uh, of a kind of natural landscape. Um, you can kind of hear the drip of water and you can hear the wind rustling, whistling through the trees. Um, and recently I've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which has a lot of those kind of, it creates or attempts to create the same kind of image. Um, and in the same way that Hiroshi Yoshimura, when you put that record on, or when I put that record on, it puts you in this incredibly calm, relaxing, almost kind of meditative state. Um, there are particular sections of Breath of the Wild, um, along with some of the other games that I mentioned, that, that put you in a similarly calm kind of state um, and give you a kind of like a moment to reflect or, or decompress. And that, and that to you is the, sums up the concept of the, the ambient video game. Or that there is a, either moments or a design inherent in a game that's meant to feel, I mean, relaxing? Yeah, I mean, it is relaxing. It's certainly relaxing. Um, I think what ambient music is incredibly good at and, and what particularly the, the Japanese ambient music is incredibly good at, so artists like Hiroshi Yoshimura or Satoshi Ashikawa, um, is they're incredibly good at creating a sound world that you feel like you can step into. Um, and video games, if they're one of the few things that they're very good at is, is creating a world or an atmosphere that you can step into. Um, and when you play them, or when you put an ambient record on as well, it's almost like putting uh, uh, another layer of reality onto your own, which kind of makes it slightly more uh, tolerable, if you like. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. I mean, I, I you touch on, um, I mean, you talk about Brian Eno in the piece and you talk yeah. about music for airports. And I mean, obviously when people think of ambient music, they immediately go to Eno. Um, but there was this kind of concept. I mean, his, his concept was very much, at least in some phases of his career, uh, of music as a kind of, um, transformative element in a space, right? An element that was sort of, sort of there, but not there. Um, but could have, you know, sort of a quality of, of, of being, um, of altering your experience in that space, but not necessarily like, you know, hitting you over the head with it. The game idea is interesting though, because you're really talking about, these are very designed experiences, right? In Breath of the Wild, of which I've played, I've played a bit, um, is, is ultimately there's, there's also like, as you're kind of like ambiently wandering, you're, you also like, you come across like these weird creatures that you have to kill. Um, mm. you know, with your, bow, with your bow and arrow or, mm. uh, with, uh, I mean, I, I'm killing them. I don't know what other people are doing with them. Maybe there's <laughs> a, maybe you can just avoid them. Like, I don't know, but, but in my experience, right. So it's the game is not designed expressly for that, but there are, there is a, a poetry to it, a kind of stillness to it that, um, that you're, that you're referencing here, that you're kind of like thinking about as you, uh, you know, when you, when you wrote this piece, but the. But I wonder, do you think this is a, I mean, do you think that there is a direct line between, you know, let's say the music of Brian Eno and this kind of, this kind of art appearing in a game like this, the new Zelda game, or is, or is it, you know, as I was talking about with walking around fallout, like you can create the experience you're describing very easily by wandering off into a field, you know, and that's not. It doesn't seem like it's on purpose necessarily. No, which is why I kind of am hesitant to call ambient video games a genre um, in themselves. Um, but they certainly have these elements that function uh, in an ambient way. I think when, as I've played more of Breath of the Wild, you're right, there are these moments where you have to kill things and there are these kind of like quite stressful moments. There's um, boss battles, you got to fight there's these There's boss like big battles robots. and there's like a lava world, which definitely doesn't fit into this conversation at all. Um, it's uh -huh. quite unpleasant to be in. Um, <laughs> but as, as I played more of it, um, I would find myself uh, not doing what the game would ask me uh, and going and trying to find uh, a meadow or a forest. These kind of situations where you have this kind of interplay of the light and the sound, um, and there's not necessarily much to do, but it, it, it puts you into this kind of this kind of state of mind in the same way that I put an ambient record on um, to, it might be to work or to relax or something like that. Um, I seek out these kind of experiences within this particular game and within other games um, that, that function in the same way uh, that allow me to um, take a moment of, of reflection or something like that. I mean, so that's interesting to me because um, you know, it's clear that there is a there is a there is a direction that the game wants you to take. This is true in the Fallout games um, sure. that there is a uh, obvious direction that they want you to take to fight things, to battle, to win, or whatever. But you can go off on these sort of like explorations, which is which is to me is is a great part of these games. Like like I got the new Far Cry which I saw mm. you tweeting about, and I want to talk about it a little bit. But um, <laughs> I got the new Far Cry game, and and honestly, what I really want to do is just kind of see what's there. 
You know, I don't know that yeah. I want to engage necessarily. I mean, I, I, I will engage, you know, but, but there's something, but I wonder how much it's, it's a kind of a factor of two things that are happening. One is like, I feel like the external world feels particularly stressful right now. And in fact, yeah. like when I think about playing a game often at the end of a day, I'll think like, I'm going to play, a, you know, let's say Far Cry 5 or uh, mm-hmm. I haven't finished Horizon Zero Dawn, which has a ton of these moments. I mean, yeah, sure. Horizon Zero Dawn is like li- literally just like chock full of like walking and exploring and not really doing mm. much of anything. And it's so beautiful. Mm. But like, but is, is it a product of our, of our modern, the modern world? So there's two things here. One is incre- we live in an incredibly stressful time when the external world seems particularly fraught and upsetting. And the second is that games can now be expansive, right? They can have distance that that games of the past didn't. And I wonder how much, um, when you're doing this ex- exploration, when you're walking around, does it ever feel to you like, is the ultimate escape here really about doing nothing? And is that what your ultimate, your brain is ultimately after, is to do nothing? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, well, it's great talking you... to you, Lewis. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, does it, you know what I'm saying? Like, does it seem like, you know, the game's not asking you to do this, but you are saying, I don't want to play the game. No, I mean, I, I, I think when you, I mean, so I work on my computer all day. Um, and my day consists of a screen and it consists of uh, an internet browser with probably 15 to 20 tabs open at any one moment uh, with numerous other windows open as well. And there is this kind of, um, there's this work environment which is overstimulating, um, noisy in a a kind of visual sense. Uh, To be able to step into these worlds and, and not necessarily follow what the game wants you to do uh, is one of the rare moments where you have a screen filled with just one thing and it allows you to uh, to focus and kind of focus on one thing and kind of find find maybe like a, a piece in that possibly and so and so the the love of this it seems like for you is directly related to your interest in in electronic music, right? I mean, do you feel yeah. like this is it is it was it something like I mean clearly you're interested in uh, in ambient music and electronic yeah. music generally, was it something that, that you realized, do you think you realized because of that interest or did, did one inform the other? I mean, did you get interested in games like this because of, of your interest in ambient music or the other way around or how, explain how that, you know, unfolded. I think, I think playing, playing breath of the wild and, uh, realizing that it had, it, it had the same effect, um, on me that these ambient records did. And then, retrospectively thinking about particular video games um, where I'd also kind of uh, had that experience as well. Um, going back and, and thinking about how I played No Man's Sky, um, which is a game where you just kind of uh, explore this kind of like infinite universe, this kind of procedurally generated universe. Um, and there's really not much to do apart from kind of survive and just explore. Um, and there's a, there's a kind of peace and there's also a, a relief when you find a good planet in that game. Um, What's a good planet? A good planet is one that looks like Earth, I think. Really? really? There's a lot of hostile planets in that game. Yeah. 
but you think you think for you in no and no man's sky a good planet is is one that reminds you of the planet you're on absolutely uh-huh. why one is that you... uh i mean I think it's probably quite a natural thing um when you find when you find a planet with an a, a abundance of life on it and when you find a planet with um with grass and trees and those kind of things uh that i guess remind you of home when you've when you've been to 15 planets prior to it which are kind of these rocky gassy horrible places to be um when you stumble when you stumble stumble upon one that reminds you of earth um there is definitely a sense of relief uh and a a, a calming experience i would say that's interesting i mean it's interesting because to me it seems like the opportunity here is escape. And yet in a place like No Man's Sky, where you have limitless amounts of worlds to travel to with all sorts of alien flora and fauna, you you tend to be interested in the ones that are most like Earth and most familiar. Yeah. Which suggests a very, a very deep flaw within your person. And I think we need to have, <laughs> we need to have uh, some, some, some oh, physicians God. check you out immediately. <laughs> what if you talk up? No, it's interesting though. I mean, I just, it's just, I feel like, no, I guess there is something to it. You know, I think one of the things I like about wandering around, well, I don't know. I mean, like I'll go say, I'll bring Fallout, uh, Fallout up again, but this is true for like far, all of the Far Cry games that I've ever played. Um, it, 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 now those are of course very realistic, right? Um, and you're mm. on earth, so it's not, a, not an issue. I do find No Man's Sky to be aggravating. I mean, when I play that game, it's like, what am I doing like, you know, the fact that there is nothing really to do mm. is kind of annoying, you know, like that, like mm. I, that there is no seeming end to it, that mm. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to be, uh, like, I'm not trying to accomplish anything, you know, it's very, yeah. it's, it's very strange. Um, and so I just, I, I find that uh, like kind of exasperating, like sort of like agitating. In fact, I've only played No Man's Sky for maybe a handful of a couple of hours or something. Cause I'm just like, what's the point, you know? And yet, and yet when I'm in a game where there is a point, my, in, my instinct is to avoid it, mm. you know, is to walk, mm. is to walk away from it. What does it say <laughs> about me as a person? Can you tell me you're a professional writer? What does that say about you as a person? Yes. What do you think? Give me a diagnosis <laughs> now that I told you how I feel about you. Do you think that there's something wrong with me that when given a task, I choose to not do it. But in a situation where there's no task whatsoever, I get agitated and I stop playing. You sound like you have a problem with authority, possibly. Maybe. What is it? You mean I love authority or I hate it? I I think maybe you hate it. That's true. That's exactly right. That's why I founded the outline (laughs) because there's no 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 higher power to answer to here. Um, So all right. So listen. So let's let's shift gears for a second. So so you tell me about. I mean. Are you how avid of a gamer are you now? I mean, like, because because playing Breath of the Wild is is and sure. wandering around there is is I would say like I don't know. I feel like the Switch is very popular, and a lot of people I know who are non gamers or not intensely into gaming will play a game like Zelda on the Switch. What yeah. are you are you intensely into gaming? I have a long relationship with gaming. Um, I grew up uh, playing lots of online shooters. Um, I think I was in a, in a clan on a game called Counter-Strike for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. A clan. So a clan. That's like a, 
that's like a group that does a battle it's like group battles absolutely it's uh you kind of like uh organize in an online capacity uh and arrange to to meet up and uh duke it out with other teams right um, oh so you you like those games where it's confrontational uh i certainly i i used to play a lot of them um i think i'm probably well i mean i don't play any of those games now actually um but i play a lot of games um I think I'm similar to you in that I, I tend to only play really, really play single player games. Um, and that's where I derive the most enjoyment from it. Have you played the new Far Cry? Let's just get into it. No, I have not played the new Far Cry. I haven't. Why not? I haven't got around to it. Uh, time is a factor. Um, it, it looks like a, a kind of an interesting uh, missed opportunity of a game uh, to yeah. potentially say something interesting. Yeah, and it, 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 it looks like the designers have, have and writers have kind of failed on that count. It's I'll tell you this mm. to me. I mean, it's a total failure in the sense that it seems like it could say something, but it doesn't say anything at all. Like like if you're mm. if you're looking for now, I like plots in games like I actually like stories. And mm -hmm. and so I'm very Likewise. interested. I'm very interested in a good story. And I think that, um, you know, uh, it's it's like the game is still terrifying because the villains are are Americans and mm. Americans are, are, you know, I'm sure you know this because you're British, but Americans are uh, by and large terrifying, uh, particularly, <laughs> you know, the idea of like some kind of rural cult, you know, like the gun, sure. these are the gun toting Americans that you've heard about, which I'm sure yeah. you're terrified of and thinking about constantly. But, but like, you know, they'd be more terrifying if they were the thing that they seem like they are, which is the kind of people that you see, you know, the, it's like the Trump, you know, the, some of these like really, you know, the basically the Nazi Trump base or whatever in America, sure. which is kind of what everybody thought they were going to be. You know, there's a bunch of like alt-right dudes. They're basically like, well, what if they were Gamergate, you know, out in the woods, right? Yeah. What the alt-right is. And that's terrifying. That's fucking absolutely terrifying <laughs> because it's so real. It's so ripped from the headlines. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I, my guess is somebody at, is it Ubisoft? Is that who makes, is that yeah. the? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they were like, well, we don't want to, we want Gamergate to still buy the game. <laughs> you know, they're like, we don't want yeah. all these guys to not play Far Cry where you can like shoot the fuck out of somebody as we know yeah, Gamergate yeah. enjoys doing. And so they just did this really half-assed version of, 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 of a storyline. But I will say, uh, you know, the Far Cry villains have always been quite good. And I, I don't like, well, you know, I'm not going to get into the details about these particular villains. But, you know, I think that there's something terrifying just about uh, an American with a gun because it seems so very real. You know, when you don't I mean, mm. I, I assume like uh, I don't know if you can understand that, you know, and I don't know, you know, but I do think like there's, there's great storytelling needs to happen. And, and, and I'm not sure that's that's happening in Far Cry 5. Did you play Far Cry 4? I haven't played... I played the start of Far Cry 4. Um, I think, have you played Far Cry 2? I think that's probably my favorite of the series. Is Far Cry 2 the, is Far Cry 2 the game where your, uh, your weapons can jam? Do, wait, did you write something about this or did I read something about this recently somewhere? Did we publish uh, something I about it? I have written about the game. I'm going to lose my mind if we did. <laughs> um, I've written about it in the past. So you can have weapons jam. Um, you also have malaria throughout the game, um, which can kind of uh, crop up at any point um, and kind of like blurs your vision. Can you, can you um, die from it? And, and makes you... Can you die from malaria? Uh, I think you can, actually, uh, in the game. Um, and you have to inject yourself with this um, medicine. Um, 
but Far Cry, Far, Far Cry Two is incredible in that it 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 gives you this kind of intensely hostile environment. Um, and when a lot of first-person shooters are about empowering the player, um, Far Cry Two kind of disempowers the player um, and de-glamorizes um, the violence that you're taking part in. Um, which I'm not sure the other Far Cry games. You mean do. it makes it seem bad? I do. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, like you, you feel like you shouldn't be killing people in Far Cry Two. Yeah, I think so. And it, you're 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 plonked into this kind of um, conflict happening in a unnamed um kind of west african state um and all your actions do is exacerbate the situation um <laughs> but all you can do is is shoot people as well um so you have this kind of spiral of violence and chaos um oh. which you begin to feel shitty it about. sounds nightmarish and also amazing and i'm surprised that uh to hear such a glowing assessment of it i mean i i you know the, the you know for me it's it's hard to find time to play any game at all but but that does make sure. me kind of interested because it, it is i mean so it, it is insane that 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 uh, you know all of all of video games are just walking around with some type of weapon i mean the, the vast majority of them is like you could do anything in this world yeah. but what you're actually going to do is you're just going to hold like a sword or a gun and use it as much as possible yeah. you know yeah i mean i get that it's like this kind of weird like wish fulfillment uh where you're you know this kind of strange situation where you are um, playing out something that you don't get to play out in another in any other context, uh, but you know, f f which is good, I think, ultimately. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like I, that makes me very curious because what is it like to to play a game where it doesn't feel like you should be shooting everybody? I don't think I've had that experience. What when you when you when you have a gun? Yeah, well, like I'm not like when I have a gun, I'm not like I shouldn't shoot these people. I'm just like I definitely should shoot everybody. Absolutely. Right? Like I never feel I'm not feeling remorse for the the people that I kill in Far Cry Five. I mean I'm I'm like you know they had to be put down. They were animals, animal cultists that had to be put down, and I'm doing my job as a vague, some type of vague law enforcement person. All right, let's switch gears for a second. So you're obviously invested and interested in these in games that are left of center that are not like I mean clearly we're talking about Far Cry, but 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 you know you talk about some of this stuff in the in in the piece you wrote for us but like what are game what are what are is there a new and i think this is and i'll just say i'm i guess i'm saying this and i'd like to hear your thoughts on it i think there's a new genre sure. of game emerging like gone home did you play gone home yes i did which is like not a game in the sense that we think of them right it's like it is a story that you play but but i think that's also not doing it like not doing it justice because they are they're more than like a story that you play, you know, but there is something where it's like there are games that now put you inside a universe for reasons that are not just to rack up points, essentially. And I'm, and I'm curious yeah. if you if there are. Are there games that are either that have come out that are coming out, you know, that 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 you think are pioneering something in terms of a, a new way that we play? Because I'm I'm kind of like trying to figure out what's the next thing. I think we we understand what games can be mm. now, but are there is there a genre or is there a type of game or a game specifically that you're looking at and thinking this is this is changing the art form? So I mean I I, I suppose going on from what you're saying about Gone Home, there is uh, video games still haven't figured out how to uh, effectively tell stories. I don't think um, and effectively tell. Uh, kind of emotionally resonant, uh, dramatic stories. Um, and I think Gone Home uh, 
is a recent example uh, that attempted to do that and got pretty close. Um, I think they kind of broadly within the same genre. Um, there's a game called Firewatch. Did you play oh, yeah. Firewatch? I did play Firewatch, which was you know kind of an interesting, uh, weirdly unsatisfying game. But I mean, it's fun to play, but weirdly unsatisfying, <laughs> right? Like I, I mean, well, I think I think what Firewatch did incredibly well was um, Firewatch gave you uh, a, a dialogue system um, and a kind of dramatic core um, that possibly hasn't been done in video games. Um, before you have dialogues in in lots of other games you have dialogue systems in in kind of these like uh role playing games like mass effect or something like yeah. that um and often you have a a dialogue choice uh which is very kind of binary in its in its moral um kind of consequence um whereas firewatch uh did away with all of that and left it left this kind of gray murky area um of action and consequence and you didn't really know what it meant when you made a particular decision but it just propelled the story in a particular way uh or a particular character arc within the story um and it also told a really kind of um interesting story about a man um getting over the uh the, the kind of loss of his wife which stories like that in video games are rare. There's another game called uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Have you played that? So I I um, started playing it. I didn't get very far, but I was very interested in oh. it. And you know, if you could avoid talking about it without with without spoilers, I'm curious to know like what is the you know what is the the draw of that game? So that game is it's almost a point and click adventure game in the, in the in the kind of style of of, of the early '90s, um, but delivered with this kind of beautiful stark art style and it's another game in which one of the primary modes of interaction is through dialogue systems and it's another game again where the consequences of your your choices within those dialogue systems are never made clear or it's never they're, they're, they're never telegraphed in an obvious way and they've been making these games since i think the first one came out in 2013 and they're gearing up to release the final act of a of a five act arc uh this year but it's this incredible kind of look at um kind of debt and politics and capitalism in america um which i kind of where many of video games fail to kind of uh stand up to kind of the best examples of film uh or literature uh or storytelling um i think this is one of the of the, the few instances where it really does well, I'm going to have to play it. I'm going to have to, you know, it's like, again, pl playing the game is like a job, though. You know, it's like another job, and I have a job, okay? It's like work. It is like work. That's why I like to wander. And, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, the biggest problem is, like, you run into an enemy, and then you've got to fight, you know? Absolutely. Why can't we just... But then, it's, but then on the other hand... Totally buy that. On the other hand, if I don't run into enemies, I'm unhappy. What does that say about me? What is, it, what am I, what is happening to me, you know? We've got to wrap up. It's it's very late. I'm already 25 minutes yeah, you're past my Yeah, you must be very, uh, very bedtime. tired. Um, <laughs> Heterotopias so, so, is about... So what, uh, so what is the... So in your opinion... kind of like essays on, on you know, particular the, games. Do you believe, um, getting back to the end of the video game uh, They have a new second, zine coming out. Is this out, a genre that will begin to uh, landscapes be more video games. Like, do you think um, that... I know it's not a genre, I sorry. A feature in I know you're saying it's not a genre. But do you think that these moments... Is is it becoming more commonplace? Let's latch onto this. Um, there's another game called Abzu where you 
are swimming through this kind of pristine oceanic environment um and there are these there are these points where you can you find these statues and you can um you can go you can swim over and you can sit on them and you kind of meditate um and it allows you then to uh flick between the different fish and it asks you to just kind of exist in that space um or there's another game called breathe um which is less a video game although it's made by a, a video game creator who who or designer who worked on the assassin's creed franchise um but the app itself uh just instructs you to breathe in and breathe out um mm. while this kind of like gentle lilting music is playing in the background and it's uh i think it's 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 certainly intended as a as a kind of stress reliever so you are starting to see uh particular moments or or games or apps designed with this kind of explicit goal um of relaxation or or self care um something to just a, a i guess a kind of quiet place interesting well clearly i've got a lot more to explore when it comes to the um the outer reaches of relaxing <laughs> relaxing game playing but also it sounds like i need to get far cry 2 in like um battle malaria you absolutely i mean you absolutely battle do. malaria absolutely i mean can you die from the malaria like if you just don't treat it do you just die i think you can although i mean i, I mean it's a video game so you just kind of like load up the last the last save or you like respawn somewhere i think there was a game developer who played that trick actually what do you mean? there was a there was a game called hellblade uh which came out last year um and uh they said if you if you if you die enough times and uh this kind of uh there's a visual cue of this uh this kind of illness creeping up your arm this kind of growth uh if it consumes you uh you're you're no longer able to play the game anymore um and the, and it and it, it stops you from what doing mean, so. the, the, you, the game won't work the game won't work huh. uh, but I, I think it was uh debunked pretty oh, quickly it's a good idea um I like the idea. You get a game it and is. you play. You play, it puts you play a, one time, and if you die, that's it. Absolutely. It put, I mean, it puts an insane pressure in the situation, which is interesting. Hmm. It's a good What's it be. called? Uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Is it, is it a real game? Yes. But you you can you can continue playing if you die. Uh, yes, mm. you can. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm going to look into that. All right. Listen, <laughs> this was great. I, Lewis, I really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I learned something Thank about you. about myself. Uh, and, and I, what that is, I don't know, but it was something, uh, anyhow, but so, but you write for what are play where if people want to go and read stuff that you're writing where other, uh, obviously we will do, I'm sure we will do something again with you in the future, but if somebody wants to go and read the, the, uh, uh, the journalistic stylings of Lewis, of Lewis J. Gordon, where, where might, where sure. might they go? You write for Waypoint, <laughs> right? You. For Waypoint for Vice. Uh, yeah, I, I write. I write for for, for Waypoint on Vice. Um, I write about music uh, on on Noisy uh, for Fact. Um, You've written for the Wire, and then I write for the Wire Ultimate, too. It's like yeah. the ultimate um, music nerd magazine. That's very impressive. <laughs> and that actually, there's a there's a very good small little um, online zine I write for called Heterotopias. Mm. Um, easy to say, easy to spell. I like that. Uh, see, this is this is my this is all my world this is what i'm into i mean you're describing the things that i love
Look, this, Lewis, this is a very, very interesting conversation. You're a very interesting man. You clearly have a lot of very strange interests and habits. And I like that. <laughs> I think that's why you ended up doing a piece for us. Um, but obviously, you're writing a lot. I'm sure you'll do something for us in the, in the near future. I hope so. In fact, I'm going to go tell everybody right now, following this conversation, if they don't get you writing something soon, heads are going to roll. Virtual heads. In a, in a, in a game. <laughs> uh, anyhow, thanks so much, and and you got to come back. We'll talk again about uh, about music and video games. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Josh. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just learned that your family has fired their manager and logged back into Twitter. <laughs>